Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Oh, hey, Todd. Dr. Wiggle, how are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm good. Good. I would very much like to talk about a question I get, I get asked about pretty frequently um, in one form or another, which is how to deal with rigid people. Rigid people. Do you hear this? Do you hear this? Yeah. It's just me. Yeah. I love this question too. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of start off with some examples. Like when, when you think of rigid people, um, I like a couple of the, the common recurring sort of examples of this that I hear a lot is I'll be seeing someone, a client, and they're talking about their spouse being rigid because they refuse, like I've had a few clients whose husbands just refuse to do any sort of like housework. You know, they sort mm. of think like their job is like they go to work and do their work and then they come home and that's, that's the wife's job or whatever. Right. Mm. And so they just, mm. no matter how much or in what way their spouse brings it up, Hey, it'd be nice if you could take out the trash or if you could do this, that whatever they just like refuse, like, no, they just like, won't even consider it. Right. Yeah. I, I see uh, a lot of this in couples where they'll describe one person as just inflexible and they won't compromise. Yeah. It's like, that's yeah. your job. This is my job. I don't mm-hmm. need to do this. This is your problem. Not my problem. Um, yeah. It's this very kind of black and white. Um, or like the one I hear about is bosses, like bosses who are very coworkers mm-hmm. on things or coworkers who just like do not take feedback at all. Right. Or never like accept suggestions or, or unwilling to sort of change seemingly unwilling to change anything. Um, uh, another one more quick one that I hear a lot is like, people refusing to admit when they're wrong. Again, I hear this with couples a lot, but like I, <laughs> my client will kind of realize like, yeah, like and very rationally say, I, I don't ever, like I cannot remember the last time I heard my partner admit that they were wrong about something. Mm-hmm. They just never mm-hmm. admit that they always kind of distract or blame me or they just never admit to being wrong. So these are all kind of examples of uh, what you might call rigid behavior. People who, and, and, and behavior that is, so consistent and pervasive that it's almost like, well, they're kind of a rigid person, yeah. right? at least in one. Or, or even that they just have rules that this is the way things must be done. Yeah. And it has to be this way. Yeah. Refuse to sort of reassess those mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. flex on those. Um, yeah. So understandably, this is a hard situation to find yourself in, whether it's a spouse or a boss or coworker or kid or like whatever it is, right? It's really hard <laughs> to be around extremely rigid people. So, <laughs> I don't know. Like if you, what's some, um, obviously the extent to which we can change other people is pretty limited, but what kind of advice would you give for someone who, where would you start with someone who kind of presents in this situation? Like how would you even start thinking through this dilemma? They're kind of stuck with a, a pretty rigid person. Like how do you, what do you do? Try to make my client more rigid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Elaborate on that. <laughs> um, Oftentimes when somebody has a, a rigid person in their life, um, the, the history there could be that they have reinforced this rigidity over and over and over by not being authentic themselves or not having good boundaries and not enforcing those boundaries very well. Um, and so that's where I usually start working. I've almost never seen an extremely rigid person who wasn't paired up with a pretty passive person. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful pairing, right? It's a, it's a great pairing because now this admittedly, this is hard to talk about because it's a little bit of like blaming the victim. You have to be careful how you bring this up with people. It's like, my partner's so rigid. Well, like you're so passive. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. To your point, it really does. A lot of times this has happened over a very long period of time. Mm -hmm, Someone's mm -hmm. rigidity, it's, it's probably their own stuff to some extent, but it's very possible that unintentionally you and other people have been reinforcing this. Right. When they say like, no, I'm not taking out the garbage. And then you kind of shrug your shoulders and take out the garbage. Well, and understandably <laughs> so, because someone who's rigid typically will escalate in conflict if their mm. demand isn't met. And so a lot of people end up kind of just backing off and, and, and doing whatever needs to be done to shut that person, that rigid person up, because it's really unpleasant to, to be in conflict with somebody who's that rigid and flexible. Yes. Um, and so I, I don't mean to blame the victim um, entirely, but uh, that pattern can't persist. It just can't persist. Either the a relationship will end or, or something will change if um, my client's really good at boundaries. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out, this isn't just, this doesn't just happen with super extreme examples of rigidity. Like I, I, have, a, I have a client I think about all the time who um, had was talking about rigid, a, a particular like narrow instance of rigidity with her husband where her husband was in this habit of um, le like leaving dirty clothes on the floor of the closet, like not putting his clothes like in, mm -hmm. the, in the hamper. And this guy, otherwise, like sounded like a great guy, like very thoughtful, nice guy, whatever. Um, wasn't extremely rigid by, by any means. But my client had brought this up like many times, like, hey, I'd really appreciate it if instead of like leaving your sweaty workout stuff on the floor, you could actually like put it in the hamper or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it just never, like, it just didn't really change. Um, he just kept doing it. And so she was telling me, she's like, I just don't get it. Like, I've told him so many times, like, I really would prefer. And it's not like a hard ask, you know, like, what's going on here? And so one of the things I, I then proceeded to ask her about is, well, like, what do you do after he, when he leaves his clothes on the floor? I, I mean, I hear that you've told him you would appreciate it if he, he didn't do this anymore. But okay, so you told him and then like the next day he does it again. What do you, what do you do? Do you do anything differently? And, and she kind of stops and goes, well, I just put them in the hamper again. <laughs> so what we've got here is there's a conflict between on the one hand, if you think about it from his perspective, he's hearing like, eh, it's kind of annoys me that you leave your stuff on the ground. But then behaviorally what's happening is he throws his stuff on the floor and then it gets put in the hamper and taken care of. Right. So by always putting his stuff in the hamper, she's essentially reinforcing that it's okay for him to do that. So there's a mismatch between what she's saying and what she's doing. Her words are saying, don't do this anymore. Her actions are saying, go ahead and keep doing this because I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the little intervention we, <laughs> we had, to your point about be more rigid, I, I said, what would happen, do you think, if for a week you'd literally stopped picking up his clothes on the ground, his like mm -hmm. workout clothes and stuff? And she thought, oh my God, like, that'd be so gross. I, thought, I, I know it'll be a little gnarly, but like humor me, like, let's try it out. And <laughs> sure enough, it went on for like three, four or five days. And it literally started like smelling in their closet. Mm -hmm. And she, it took like every bone in her body not to go in there and mm -hmm. pick it up. But finally, like she would, she noticed when her husband went in and he was like, God, it stinks in here. She heard him say that. And then he picked up the laundry and put it in the basket, mm -hmm. right? And this catalyzed an entirely new like change in his behavior. He started cleaning up his own laundry. So I know it's mm -hmm. like painful detail, but it, it's to your point about like, it's surprisingly easy to fall in these situations where we want someone to not be rigid anymore, but our behavior is actually reinforcing that rigidity. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, and inadvertently, and, and, and a lot of times you see, I, I can imagine this, this person saying, well, I don't want to have to deal with that smell and I don't right. want to have to deal with the, you know, and, and, and I have to do it. And that's often what you hear is, is that there's, there's one person in the relationship and then there's another who's, who's claiming that they must do it or they have to do it or mm-hmm. it won't get done or this or that, or the consequence will, will impact them as well. And that might be true. Um, but to your point, yes, I think sometimes these, these things can subtly reinforce that behavior. I, I had a client who's um, in, the, in their in their marriage, uh, they they got a personal budget, um, and they they both had access to the accounts. And my client was really good at saving money, and they wouldn't spend all the money in their account. And so at the end of the month, their partner would just move that extra money into their savings. And my oh. client would say, wait a minute, that, that was mine. You know, I kind of was saving that to do this and that with, and the client said, no, at the end of the month, you know, and, and, and just kept doing this and, and kept doing it. Um, and so um, my client got a, a different bank account finally, you know, um, just really, we, we talked a lot about boundaries and how boundaries are, are what you are willing to do and what you're unwilling to do. Um, uh, and sure enough, she just decided, well, we'll just have a different bank account and, and uh, that stopped that pretty quickly. I, I think so much of good psychology boils down to the idea that actions speak louder than words. I mean, oh, it's, it's like a telling. cliche, you know, like yeah. when people talk about that in terms of, I, I don't know, like on a high level, but in terms of like raw behavioral psychology, that is literally how we learn. Like, yeah. it, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like training a dog, right? You can have the most like persuasive, articulate, you know, argument for why your dog should stop pooping on the lawn. And you, you can just like, it can be so eloquent. You can just explain this with perfect logic right. to your dog, like why they should stop pooping on the lawn. And what are they going to do? They're going to sit there and drool and kind of like wag their tail. And then they're going to poop on the lawn again <laughs> because <laughs> words don't matter. Like it's behavior, it's rewards and consequences that yeah. actually determine whether a behavior will continue or change. And so yeah. I think that is like, the core idea is learning to look at one of these problems with, with rigid people, not in terms of what you want or what you've said or what mm-hmm. you think should be true, but really learn to like put goggles on that only show you behavior Yeah, and look at like what sorts of, how is a certain rigid behavior being rewarded or reinforced? Uh, yeah. And is there some avenue for you to either set up boundaries or to start rewarding something different, a different kind of behavior. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I often tell people when you're setting up a boundary or asking for something assertively, um, it's fine to listen to what people tell you in response, but the most important thing is to watch what they do, mm-hmm. you know, the behavior that follows. Because lots of people can kind of say, oh, I get it. You know, you want that money left in your account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try to do better at that. But then the next month when they move that money back over, that action is way more important than the lip service they gave your request in the yes. first place. Now, to be fair, um, that relationship didn't last with that client. Mm-hmm. As soon as they set up those boundaries and their partner, you know, became um, insanely rigid around this and actually threatened to divorce if they didn't wow. put the bank account back, my client was actually faced with the realization that, wow, this is not going to stop. And and this person is willing to go extremely far to prevent me from having this control and autonomy over my own finances. And, and they actually chose to leave that relationship. So it, it could, that is a potential problem when you are setting up boundaries and, and dealing with rigid people is that you may find out that it's not pleasant to be in those relationships. And, and 
my client ended up prizing her own autonomy a lot more than dealing with a rigid person. I think that's so important. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think while there are things you can do to try and deal better with people who are rigid, and maybe even if they're just rigid in very small ways, it's, it's not that big a deal, but there, there are way more situations than people are comfortable admitting to themselves where someone is just very rigid and they are not going to change. There's certainly nothing you can do to significantly change their amount of rigidity. And so the very painful question that most of us tend to ignore, but that you have to confront is, if this never changes, is this something I'm willing to continue tolerating? If my boss never gets better at taking my feedback, is this a job I want to stay in, right? If my spouse never changes rigidity around this topic, am I okay with that? And that's a hard, when you really face up to that question, that's a hard, almost kind of existential question, but you cannot delude yourself into thinking if I just do everything right, right. If I just have the perfect sort of like plan for how to like reward different behavior and put boundaries and like that, it's possible that will help things, but it's very possible that will not do anything. And you need to face up to that possibility and really come to terms with that. I think. Yeah. I I think that's extremely true is, is a lot of people who ask that question, how do I deal with rigid people? They are almost asking for like, what words do I say to make them stop being so rigid? Um, and they're often sometimes almost disheartened uh, initially when we really focus on their behavior and their uh, boundaries. And, and a lot of people um, in this situation um, don't understand what boundaries are. They'll say, you know, I've, I put this boundary up and I've told my spouse not to take that money out of my account. That's not a boundary. <laughs> that's, that's a request of somebody else. A boundary is what you are willing or unwilling to do in a situation or what you are willing to tolerate or unwilling to tolerate. And that action is on you to maintain the boundary, not on the other person. If, if you're going to leave maintaining boundaries up to other people, um, that is, that's a, not a boundary. That's a request. Right. And a request can be overlooked, denied, rebuffed, whatever. A boundary is something that you will do. Yeah. Yeah. So setting boundaries is easy. It's the enforcing them. That's the hard part. Cause it's all on you. <laughs> yeah. And so if my boundary is I've told Nick not to do this, how much control over that boundary do I have? Yeah. And it's, I think it's really None. important to remember as depressing as this might sound, the ultimate boundary may well be, I have to remove or severely limit my interaction with this person. They, they may have to not be yeah. a part of my life. And that's that so, mm-hmm. It's depressing. It's hard to hear, but I guarantee it. It is more likely than you think that that, mm-hmm. that, that, that possibility is, is the only one that's going to work. And I think it's like, I see so many miserable, unhappy people who are in denial about that, who are just hoping and hoping and trying and trying. And in reality, it's just, this person is not going to change no matter what you do. And I think that's the hard part of that question, because when somebody says, how do I deal with a rigid person? Usually what's going to happen is um, they're confronted with their own kind of extreme flexibility yes. they've, and changing that behavior can be a challenge and ultimately um, does require a lot of assertiveness sometimes on their part. Even to the point of leaving a relationship or possibly that's kind of the ultimate boundary, right? Is to kind of remove yourself from a relationship. Um, And hopefully it doesn't come to that. But um, if you, and here's a good point, if you are unwilling to leave a relationship, boy, there's nothing like that 
feeling of being stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, that is one of the worst stuck feelings there are. So, um, but that's, I, I think a, a lot of people are, are, are terrified of maybe being alone or whatever it is. And so their flexibility is more a result of their um, being terrified of being without somebody or, 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 you know, quitting that job or losing that friend or whatever it is. Um, and oftentimes um, there's a lot more growth and healing and that kind of a process. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks. Thanks.